morning, church. Uh, so good to be here with you all. Um, as for those who don't know me, uh, my name is Rogelio, uh, my wife Rachel, and we're so loved in this community, and we love this community so much. So uh, it's such a privilege to be preaching or presenting the Word of God to you to this morning. And I'm going to be straight. This is going to be what we're aiming for. What I'm aiming for is an experience that I had, um, I think it was three weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if you're um, uh, familiar with this. I think it's a TikTok dog that does like, oh, my gosh. I don't know. Remember this dog that is very impressive. I don't know. It's on, on Facebook everywhere. It's kind of like to show something like it's astonishing or very you when you're very um, super amazed about something and the dog kind of showed this super expression like really Costco prices are too high or you know but that expression that feeling of oh my gosh is this true that happened to me when I read what we're going to read right now which is look um, I have it here it's going to be we're going to read the passage actually we have it in the bulletin and I'm struggling but it's Luke 22. So I'm going to read it. Uh, we're going to dive into it. Um, and our goal will be to be amazed about that even though we don't feel God sometimes, we don't feel his presence or we don't see him, Jesus truly meets our needs and he's, he prays for us because he prays for us. So let's read Luke 22. We have it in the bulletin. Uh, it will be verse 31 through 32. It says, this is Jesus talking to Simon before he goes to the cross. He's just preparing everybody for it. And he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith might not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So this is the scripture that we're going to be dissecting a little bit. But I just want to start asking a question. How many of you have, have a Hotmail account? Yeah, the old email Hotmail account. Anybody here? I knew it. No hope. Rachel, my wife, has been trying to shame me about it since we married each other. She told me, how dare you keeping that old crazy account? Nobody has that. And she said, this approved, right? Nobody here is on a Hotmail account. And I told her, no, I'm not going to change my account. Why? I've been with, with that account since I'm 13 year old. I'm 33 right now. And I'm not changing my account, right? So, no, I don't care about what people will say about my account. It will be Hotmail. But I told her that I won't feel ashamed, even though she's been trying and pushing shame in me about it. Um, but this week I felt shame about it. Because my account stopped, not this week, was, yeah, like a week ago. My account stopped working for the first time. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I didn't tell, I, she didn't know about this. I did, I'm not going to say anything, but I know Rachel said, you should feel ashamed because that account is too old. It's like, who does that? So the reason why is that I noticed, like, huh, I haven't seen new emails in the last two days. And I was unsubscribing, unsubscribing, so like kind of financially adjusting stuff. And it's like, I should have gotten an email. And I noticed what's going on. So 
And then uh, I noticed that I was trying to fix it, going through Safari or whatever, trying to get into my account. I was not able. But finally, I went to Google and asked Google why I type, why my Hotmail, and of course, Google finish it. It's not working? <laughs> Truly, Google will do that for you. It's like, oh, it's not only me. A lot of people are going through this. So, and yes, there was a, a little problem that needs, needed to be adjusted. And then when I was able to fix it, I found out that my, actually, my, my account was not working for almost a month. And I didn't notice because I have three different other accounts from work, from church, from different things. And I was getting emails, so I didn't detect that I was not getting Hotmail emails. And I was like, oh, shoot, this thing is not working. And I was like, how many emails did I get? Probably I already got that I was not aware of. So, and actually I got like two emails that were very important. I was not aware and I was like frustrated. I was struggling with it. But finally, whatever, I went through it. But I'm, my, I'm bringing this up is because there are a lot of things that might be happening in our life that will impact us, but we're not aware that they're happening. They're kind of in the background. They're, you know, they're going on, but you're not really aware. How many of you have that experience before? And I think that many of us, we can experience that, for example, from the effect or the impact of parenting in our lives. So it's something that we tend to realize later on in life. Like, I don't know if around this time or when you're 30th or 27th, it's like, who am I? You know, why am I doing this? And I, Rachel and I would like cooking. And sometimes she, she measures everything, like salt, even salt. And I don't. And I don't. And, of course, when you check how our parents were cooking, her mom is a freak about measuring everything. And my family is Hispanic. You know, like, she put everything on, on the go, like, you know, as you're doing it. And, but the impact of parenting, of course, is deeper. Like, for example, when you, when you look or seek therapy, uh, you will... One of the techniques that you should do, and actually without therapy even, is to check your childhood a little bit to try to understand the present. So my point is that we all experience in certain ways, different levels, how something that might be happening is this, and we are not aware is still impacting us in the present. So and before we dive into the scripture, I don't know how many of you have watched the movie. Uh, it's called Over the Top. It's from 87, 1987. No, I knew it. Don't worry about it. But it's one of my favorite movies. So it's a story about a teenager. This teenager grew up with mom and dad, but not with dad. Um, and his mom was dying. Um, before his mom died, her mom's wish was, Son, I want you to be close to your biological dad. And he didn't understand why mom is asking me this, but I'll do it for her. So he tried. He met with his dad, biological dad, and he couldn't hide the anger of not having dad when he was a little one. And he just blurred out saying, where were you? And really, he was angry. Where were you on my birthdays? Where were you in the important moments of my life that now you want to do this? You want to come back like nothing happened? And they, they continue trying to get along with each other. And 
when finally his mom died, the teenager had to make a decision to go to live with gram his grandfather or to stay with his dad. And he had to tell his dad, he told his dad, I'm sorry, uh, but the truth is like you're a trucker. You just don't have much for me and not even support me. His dad at that point offered him, son, I, I love you. Um, I, I know you might be going through regrets and hard feelings against me, but I love you, and, I, and you will have me. You will have each other. Trust me. I won't leave you alone. Um, but at the end, he said, I'm sorry. I, I just need to go with my grandfather. And he was grieving his mom, and in the process of grieving her, her loss, she, he went through her property, trying to see, to feel her, to smell her, to try to find information about her. Uh, and she f he found, the teenager found a stack of envelopes. And he went through some of them, and he found out that those envelopes were actually his dad's letter year after year. How much in every birthday, son, I really love you. I hope you're doing great. And also he found out that his grandfather was actually doing everything to interfere between his mom and his dad relationship and drove them apart and also was intercepting the, the letters that he should have been receiving from his dad. So it was, it was an eye-opening moment for him. And he felt that his world was just upside down. It was a shocking moment for this teenager. And he decided to just leave the mansion through the window, grab one of gran his grandparents, uh, grandfather's cars. Like I remember, it was like a Toyota Forerunner, uh, and he drove from California. That's in the movie, to Las Vegas because he knew his dad would have been in a world arm wrestling contest, betting his truck, everything on on it, trying to save his own life to have a life and a purpose. The dad but also maybe it might be the last hope to have something, something for his son to gain him back. He drove down there, and at the end of the, the movie, uh, he was the last match. He was really struggling. He turned his muscle. He was really struggling to win, but his son came and hugged him. He said, Dad, I love you. I did not know anything that was happening. I just want to be with you. He didn't care about anything. He just went through it. And again, it, this make me realize the impact of things that we're not aware. Like even though we don't see them, they really impact us. Um, the question is, might this be happening in our life with God? How many times we say, I don't really feel him. I don't really see him. And, but what is the impact of his action, even though we don't see him or we don't feel him? And that's why this scripture is something that Jesus does. And we're going to read it again. It says in Luke twenty-two thirty-one, he told Simon, Peter, before he went to the cross, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. 
This is one of the first actions that I heard of it. Uh, I've been a Christian for a while, but it doesn't matter how long you've been there. If like realizing that Jesus get reports of what's going on on your enemies and reports that I'm not even aware. I don't think Peter was aware of this report, but Jesus was aware of this report, and Jesus was acting upon these actions from Satan. Jesus got the report that Satan wanted to sift them all as wheat, but he said, I pray for you. And when I saw this, like two weeks ago, I'm not kidding, I was like, does Jesus pray for me? I knew he prayed for me like past tense. I know I met him on the cross one day and I accepted him as my savior. You know, I, I made a connection. I, I met him my own, my sacrifice. I, 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 I can admit that. It's like, yeah, I did that. But did I ever experience that Jesus, like right now, is praying for me? I was like, wow, that feels good. Because it's not like he did it in the past. He did it sometime. He's doing it constantly. And this comes from not only reading Luke. We can even see it in many other scriptures. This action of Jesus interceding for me was so comforting. That as a brother, I just wanted to bring it to everybody this morning. Kind of to refresh or discover or rediscover that Jesus is praying for you right now. He got you. And he's getting a lot of reports that you think you are aware and you're very clever. And you kind of know it all and understand what's going on around. He got you. He knows the reports. He knows what Satan is asking. And he's supplying everything you need. And how that makes me, I felt so, so much comfort. I was surprised, but also, and then after this feeling surprised, I felt very comforted. Like, I don't need to worry about it. He got it. He, he knows better reports. He got the better details about what's going on around me, from my enemies. It, for me, it's been, it's been a blessing. And I'm, um, we can ask, like, what a blessing. It's like knowing that Jesus prayed for us every morning. He, you woke up. He already prayed for you. Don't worry. He already prayed for you. He already got the report. He took care of them. And he answered them. And, and this is that I think might be one of the tricky spots of the scriptures is how this prayer from Jesus really played out. How his did his pray, prayer to act, take action there? Because we know what happened after Jesus said this to Peter. What did Peter do? You guys remember? Who can remember? He's before going to the cross. He said, G, Jesus says, Satan is asking you, what did he do afterwards? He denied it. And you say, man. Was his prayer powerful enough? You know, he already knew. He already prayed. And right after, Peter just denied Jesus in front of authorities. 
But the end of the story is that what Jesus was praying for Peter was not to stop the trial, right? The confrontation. The moment that you have to witness is the name of Jesus. He was not removing the challenge that witnessing Jesus in a context will bring consequences. From what will people will say, what pe- people will do to you. He did not remove that fact. Actually, he not removed the, the action from Peter or whatever made Peter do that. He did not make it stop. It actually happened. He denied Jesus in front of everybody. But the prayer of Jesus still was powerful and it was working. Even when he fell. Because what Jesus prayed, he prayed for what? That his faith may not fail. That at the end of anything or whatever happened to him, it will continue. Whatever you went through, you will continue. That whatever you fell on, you will rise up. You will be lifted up to continue the career to continue loving and preaching and witnessing for Jesus. No matter what, how bumpy, how crazy, how roller coaster it is, you will continue the career. Did, he, did his prayer work? Big time. Big time. Peter was able to be the witness in Israel, mainly. And he was able to go to the cross for Jesus. And came and continued to be one of the apostles. What Jesus wanted him to be. It won't fail. Even though it seems like he failed. Right? So Jesus' prayer was able to supply what Peter needed. And it was powerful, unstoppable. Because even though Peter did not see at that moment what was happening... Jesus was truly meeting his needs because Jesus prayed for him. If you are a Christian, are you aware of the depth of Jesus' love? Are you aware that Jesus gets reports of you? Really, let's be honest. Because even though if you're not aware or you don't see it, again, that's the point today, right? Even though if you don't see it or you don't feel it, He gets reports. He gets reports of what's going on in your life, where your enemies, what Satan is asking about you to destroy you. Have you wondered how is it possible that you are still persevering? Despite your failures? Do you think Jesus' prayers is still not acting in your life? Because you failed? Because you denied him one day? Or sometime of many times. His prayer is constant. His prayer is there. His prayer is working. It's making you to continue. It's making you continue the career no matter what. So because even, even though we don't feel him or we don't see him, he's truly meeting our needs. And that's wonderful. Because he, the crazy thing is like he, he, he prays for us. He's praying right now. He's praying. That's his main job. That's his delight. To rescue us. 
how, I'm going to give two examples of how does he help to know that he prays for us. And this is, of course, based on me. But please, make it yours or think about this. I've been sometimes shamed, feeling a little, it's not, it's, it's different. Maybe you will have helped me to find the word. But sometimes I feel like in a conversation, I want to say, uh, well, it's because Jesus did this for me. And I kind of hold back a little bit my thoughts, like, how weird will this sound to these people? Uh, you know, it's like, will it scare them? Like, a lot of thoughts about not bringing the name of Jesus in the conversation. Because I don't want to make it weird. It's not that I'm ashamed, I think. But for some reason, I'm holding back from sharing what Jesus is doing and has done in my life. But now that I know that he prays for me, would I feel encouraged to? It's okay. He, 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 he truly meets my needs. He, he prays for me. He's supplying. What am I scared about? What am I afraid of? I think this is allowing me to, will allow us to share a little bit more, to witness. Maybe in the beginning we were a little bit scared as Peter, but now let's do this. I think we could do it. My Lord is praying for me. You know what I mean? Even things that I should be scared of, I should be scared of Satan asking me. <laughs> and I'm not aware of that, but Jesus is and he still prays. And he's supplying. And it's, it's kind of what Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 says. Since we have a great high priest, this is a fancy way to say Jesus prays. Jesus prays for us. Jesus is a high priest. He intercedes, right? And Hebrews says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. See, the power of Jesus interceding for us help us to hold fast our confession of who he is and, who he, and what he has done for us. It's powerful knowing that he's not, he's not whatever person who is praying. He's not praying even from earth. He's praying directly in the presence of God right now because he ascended to his presence. The Son of God Let's hold fast. He got us. There is nothing to be ashamed. There's nothing to be afraid of. We can go. We can share. Me, myself in the hospital, when I'm talking, I'm trying to be less weird about it. That's the truth. I'm working on it. I'm growing into it. I'm trying to dive into this. And I've been sharing. Yeah, I've been going to church. Yeah, I'm, Jesus has been doing this for me. Jesus has been good to me. It's like, you know, he, the confession of his names comes Without fear of consequences. Because he got me. He is there interceding for me. What is another consequence? How, how does he help us to know that he prays for us? It could be also when I go to sleep. When we, when we go to sleep, a lot of things happen. When we do rest on your pillow, a lot of thoughts. And sometimes our fears of things that I did during the day that were challenging the fears about the future, how crazy, like, I don't know, these things are not going well. Where, this, where will this go? Those fears or those thoughts are really go away. When I think, <laughs> right, Jesus got all the reports. Don't worry about it. He got them all. What do you need to worry about that you're not going to go to sleep? 
that will hold you from sleeping. He got all the reports. He already prayed for you. He's interceding for you. I got to sleep very fast. There are, more, there are more good consequences from understanding that Jesus prays for us. And one of the, the I would say, reluctances that we may have is like, well, he's Jesus. All right, I got it. He's Jesus. He's the son of God. Does he really know what I'm going through? I know he is God. You know, you, you, can, you can build this up. I know he is God. I know he knows everything. I know he understands very well. But how personal, how, how real is my struggle to him that will make him understand what I'm going through and pray accordingly? So Hebrew chapter 4 verse 15, which is the following verse, says, for part of the encouragement is, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. We do not have a high priest that is not able to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. That's what Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says. He's been tempted in every way just as we are. That means he came in flesh. He took human form. He felt every pain. He felt the thirst. He felt the, hang- the hunger. He felt the pain. He felt the anxiety. He felt everything. He was human. He is fully human. He's able to understand the pain. He was to understand the struggle. What is your struggle that he's not able to understand? And not because he's God. That's what the Hebrew, the, the writer is saying. It's beyond that he is God, that he knows everything. It's that he experienced everything, and he knows what you're experiencing. That's the level of understanding in Jesus. Things that you might not even able to understand. He knows it. He feels. He feels it. He felt it. Yet he did not sin. Brothers and sisters, even though we don't feel him and we don't see him, Jesus truly, truly meets our needs. He prays for us. He prays for us. As it seems that was happening in this um, teenager. The guy was living a life without knowing what was really going on. Until he was able to see it. That actually his dad really loved him. A big time. Big time. Able to do everything for him. Like Peter. He did not know what what's really happening but Jesus says this is a report it's like this is the problem this is the answer I got you all the way I'm holding you you will not fail and I'm praying that your faith will not fail but if you have struggled with maybe you're not a Christian or you're trying to discover or you're exploring and trying to understand about God You should ask, who is interceding for you before God? Because God is holy. Nobody can approach him like, hello, I'm here at home. No, he's holy. And we are sinners. We are broken. And you should explore that and feel the weight of 
how broken our world is, how broken we are, how broken you are. And you need an, a somebody to mediate before God, you and God. And if you struggle to believe this intercession work, intercessional work of Jesus, we have to kind of set and understand that Jesus interceding is his main work. Is the main reason he came. There is no um, taking a different path. Because actually, that's why he came. That's why he went to the cross. To intercede. It's kind of probably the primary encounter that the Christians will have. Is knowing that Jesus went to the cross. And we we had to answer, and we still have to answer... What are you doing with the cross and the work that Jesus already did? Because he came to intercede. He came to mediate between God and man. Only. Only Christ is able to do this. And I don't know the challenges that you may have to accept this truth. But whatever they are. I pray that God will make, give you an answer. One of the challenges that I have, and I had in the past, and I, I still wrestle with it, is that it feels like sometimes people are just going through. It's like when you go through emails with somebody, and you email or you text somebody, but you never met that person. It feels like, yeah, I kind of know. But you you don't know why because you want to see you know you crave for seeing and we are with you on that as christian and even if you are if you are a christian let's remind ourselves that yes sometimes this feels like i'm not touching jesus but that's what he wants and that's where we're going by faith not by sight but we're gonna get the sight and our faith is so strong because he gives it to us that makes us experience like we see him. So we cannot remove the idea that Jesus needs to show up in your life and really open your heart to him, to see him. And I just don't want to be away from that challenge because actually Jesus wants us to be in the challenge and he supplies the vision. And we can pray this morning for this. Because many times we don't see him, but he wants us to see him. But I want to f- finish by saying that, or asking everybody, how will your life will be how will your life be transformed if you embrace, if you experience that Jesus is praying for you? What difference would it make? What, ha- what would happen if we embrace and experience his work in us, that he's praying for us? How would you feel in the morning when you're tired and already kind of feeling defeated? Would it change something at that moment? Or when you're at work that you're kind of like, I don't know how to communicate or to express my faith in Jesus, would it change something if we know that the Lord is praying for us, that even though we don't see him or feel him, he 
is there with you. What difference would it make as a church in this community, in this neighborhood, if we embrace that he's with us, he's praying for us, he's supplying us? Will we go and preach a little bit more? Or the, the light of this community will shine a little bit in, in New York City? And that's what I dream. That as a community, no matter the size, no matter anything, because he is with us, that our, that our light, that our message, that our passion for Christ will be as visual as the Empire State. Like, it's there, you know. Jesus is visible for this community. Will this truth of Jesus praying for us make us make, make our lives shine more in New York City? I believe so. If not, let's pray for that. Let's pray for that. Because we have a high priest and a great one, which is Jesus, who prays for us big time. And let's remember every time, brothers and sisters, that even though we don't see him or we don't feel him, he's truly meeting our needs. He's praying for us all the time.